Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Rawcast this uh, 15th of October 2013, episode 3, episode 2, season 3. There we go. How did it get away from Yeah, I know. <laughs> on my left I'm joined by Adam Coleman. Hello. And on my right I'm joined by Dave Stewart. In Rado we trust. Yeah. Have I got that right? Is that the right season for that? You yeah. might be a bit too late for that. That's okay. Isn't he a spy? Well, he's a spy yeah, in Brisbane, isn't he? True, he's a spy yeah. in Sydney, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Anyway, well, well, that's that's why he, Farina, and Yeoman are all in Sydney. They're ah, all spies. There you go. Got to sort it for this week. Then. Mm. Good, good, and uh, welcome to the. I guess the we said first week of proper football season last week, but r- at least we've got we can start getting settled into the format. We've got a preview coming up for you mm-hmm. and a review coming up for you. Uh, and in case you didn't miss the outcome of the Wellington game, this happened. <laughs> Pretty mental. Yeah, it was, it was uh, insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very fun to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next time, if you're lurking about, wondering where to watch the game, Hotel LA is always a good venue. Yep. Hotel LA is the official venue of the Den. Yeah. We should also point out that the Brisbane Roar have one of their official venues at the Shaftston, and there was pictures of a massive screen that um, was erected there for the Sunday game, and that was very well attended as well. So. The more bars in Brisbane that want to show raw games, we will gladly play and promote it. Yeah. Um, that's just me. Was, There's one for me and one for my mother. That was ugly, obviously. <laughs> was, was that word to your mother? Not my mother, yeah. it's your mother. <laughs> Carrying on. So, um, <laughs> let's smack straight. Smack bang into it. Uh, Brisbane Raw, Wellington Phoenix, 2-1 in favour of the good guys. Um, it was a very late winner by Franich at around about the 90 plus 2 minute. 92nd minute, yep. 92nd minute, yep. Um, yeah, and we we dropped behind early in the match um, and then managed to claw it back. How did you see that, Adam? Um, it was a bit of a scrappy game given the conditions. Um, there were a few things I think that didn't perhaps work in our favour. Um, not having Matt Mackay, I thought our midfield maybe wasn't as um, wasn't able to dominate. Uh, I certainly felt Cunningham and Hernandez played fantastically for Wellington Phoenix. That's what I think gave the Phoenix the initial advantage over us. Uh, it was very windy over in Wellington as well. They said uh, it was about 35 up to 45 yeah, kilometres. Um, it didn't really seem to affect the, the players much, but certainly we weren't able to play our natural sort of ground game. Um, but also credit to Ernie Merrick as well. He sent he sent out a formation and a strategy that really pushed us back a lot and made it harder for us to to push all our way out of the back line. They pressed very high as well, mm. and they continued to press really high, which threw us off our game a bit too. Exactly, yeah. And also, 
One factor which I think also didn't help as well was having a bit of a novice as the, the referee, Timmy Gilchrist. Um, he seemed to call... <coughs> I, I thought he was very inconsistent, which I, th- I think sort of disrupted the flow for both teams. There were a lot of calls that shouldn't have been called that were and then calls that were made that shouldn't have been. Mm. So maybe just threw us out of our rhythm. But to our credit, we came back in the second half and you could see as the game went on, our superior fitness, our commitment to the structure and our plays, we knew we'd break them down and that's exactly what happened. We got that 90-second minute winner and winners are grinners. There you go. What did you make of it, Dave? Well, uh, I I thought the first half was uh, very... uh, probably wasn't our best performance um, that we could have hoped for. Uh, it wasn't a great start. Um, the the goal that Wellington did score, I did actually take uh, have a bit of a look at the the game the following day uh, and took a few uh, so still shots, which we'll we'll show now. But uh, you'll notice that the the ball that went over the top, there was uh, our back line, our two wingers, our two fullbacks, sorry, were deeper than the two centre backs, mm. and that created a gap between. The, uh, the centre-backs and the, and the full-backs, which Heisegums ultimately was working. And when the ball was lobbed over the top, the, uh, the knockdown went straight into that gap and our centre-backs were, were chasing. So you can see there in the, in the image that we've just shown, there was that, that kind of uh, gap. So that's, I mean, ultimately we've, we've considered because our back line wasn't working together, and, which is surprising to be honest because, I mean, that's... Probably as strong a backline as we're going to have, um, short of maybe having Franich there in, in, in Fahingit. But that backline was just at odds and ends, and it was it was kind of really odd. Um, you, you always get the feeling that the backline was perhaps more prepared to counter, and maybe that was mm. where in, in a in a pressing opportunity like that for Phoenix, you know, maybe someone like Bratton. Or our two centre-backs could have been back a bit deeper, but we were so prepared to go forward. Well, half of them were, and half of them weren't. And that, that's what's caused the problem, I think. Um, but we've, we've counted that, I mean, towards the end of the first half, Barisha obviously uh, put the ball in the back of the net, uh, but was offside. But the attacking intent was there, and that came through in the second half when Barisha's, when Frank just burst down the left-hand side and cut back for Barisha to score the equaliser in the first minute. Mm. So I think that, um, you know, the, the recovery process from that first half started late in the first half. And uh, and then the second uh, yeah second half we just uh, we were the dominant team I thought uh, we played a lot better um, the the last or well, the winner from Franich was a little bit fortunate in the fact that Broich's shot hit the post and came straight back to Franich mm. um, but uh, which was a good presence of mind I mean sometimes we we don't have sufficient like in previous seasons we haven't had a sufficient number of players. In all parts of the box, sometimes we tend to clump guys. So maybe when opportunities present themselves, they're not able to be converted. For him yeah. to be in a position, because there was also another player to his right as well. So basically, That's right. we were, we were, was to his yeah, we're, we're pretty much streaming forward with three guys Absolutely. in those last few minutes. So, and just on that goal, on that last goal too, um, a lot of people slated Miller's performance in that game. He he didn't stand out. He wasn't probably what we had hoped he would be in the midfield. Uh, and I agree to an extent, but that last goal, I think, was made with his his run. Mm. Uh, and again, we'll show another slide here, which uh, you'll notice there's a, uh, a massive gap. Just before this throw-in is taken for us to score this goal, there's a massive hole in behind their defence, which Miller's about to run into. He's run into that space, and then he's cut the ball across the face of the goal. It's caught a deflection to go to Bruch first. Um, I think he was looking for Bessart Berisha in the middle. Uh, who was a little bit more advanced than, say, Franich and Broich. 
But it's come back to Broich. He's had his volley, hit the post, back to finish, mm. and he's, he's finished the job. But um, without that run, without that vision, and with, without Steph picking it at the same time, the throwing would have been shorter. We wouldn't necessarily have had that attack right at the death, and it might have ended up 1-1. Mm. So for all the slating of Miller during that game, for people saying he didn't do anything, he was a little bit you know, absent, we expect more from him, that might be a little bit of an insight into what he can do in actually finding that space and then creating that opportunity. Mm. I, I, think it's, I think as quiet as Miller was, I think that was perhaps a testament to just how prominent Broish was by comparison. Mm. Broish seemed to take a lot of the attention, a lot of the uh, defensive efforts from Wellington, yep. and perhaps um, it allowed Miller just to sort of play off that and not really take all that pressure on. Mm. So maybe that's where that comes in. The one thing I would just point out as well is a bit of housekeeping issues. If you're listening to this on the audio-only version and you're wondering what that whole bit of the first bit introduction was and also the images that Dave's referencing, check out the YouTube. Um, Now, beyond that, uh, let's talk about Wellington and how they played. What can we learn from the way that Wellington played and I regard how they broke us down quite effectively for the better part of that game. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam, Dave, um, Dave, what do, yeah, what do you think that we, we learned or what do you think other teams learned from how Wellington played on us? Well, I think other teams have learned that <clears throat> pressing us and even being a little bit more physical um, might Slow us down. Might break up our play. That as well. Well, that's the thing. It's uh, a quicker ball move. I mean, at the end of the day, if we're going to be quicker on the ball, we're going to get more fouls anyway. Uh, if you look at the Wellington game, Wellington gave up twenty-two fouls to our seven. Twenty-two fouls is a lot of fouls to give away in a game. Yeah, and twenty-nine for both teams in ninety minutes is quite a lot. It's as a well. lot. It's one so. every three minutes. So, mm. I mean, in, in terms of how we counter that, maybe we could be stronger on the ball as well. I mean, there was probably a few times where shoulder to shoulder we didn't get a free kick or didn't get a call, which could have been uh, could have been given if we uh, or we could have held held the ball if we had stayed on our feet a bit stronger. But so that might be one aspect to it. Um, but I honestly think that uh, we need to be uh, maybe a, a little bit quicker because I think Wellington's pressing just kind of slowed our game. And mm. the same question goes to you. What have opposition teams learned from uh, Wellington's performance on us mm. and how do we counteract well, I don't think. Well, I don't think going the foul route is going to is going to work. I think there are mm. going to be some referees that, as the weeks go on, will try and crack down a lot more on this behaviour. Um, it's definitely going to be a case of really swamping Broish. I think that's going to be one aspect. Um, but then again, that could change once Mackay comes back. So hopefully, having you know Mackay and Broish might lessen that impact. Um, really hard to say. Like, there's, like for me, Wellington weren't that good that you could say that that this is something that a lot of teams can replicate. Um, it obviously helped that they had guys like Hernandez and Cunningham, you know, doing what they did. They were very yeah. sneaky in attack and defence. I don't think other teams really have that. Um, other teams will obviously rely on their structure and all that. Um, yeah, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll see in the next few weeks how other teams approach us. Yep. And what they've learned from that. Yep, there you go. Yeah, either either way, there's no way teams can be as, as foul-hungry as Wellington. It simply will not pay dividends as the season goes on. You'll just lose too many players. 
And uh, Brisbane, obviously, as we've mentioned, and you should already know, came out on top. And we roll on to Sydney this week. Yes, we uh, Sydney FC playing at at, uh, at Suncorp Stadium in the Lions Den. The single greatest fixture of the year. <clears throat> yeah, the biggest game of the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. nowadays for for Brisbane Raw, absolutely it is. Um, so I guess let's talk about that now. When we we examine Sydney playing us, I guess. The tale of the tape suggests that Brisbane should bring it home comfortably, and I say this for three reasons. Number one, it's a personal opinion that we played far superior to Wellington in Wellington than Sydney did to Newcastle at home. Yep. Number two, the bookmakers have given Sydney ridiculous odds, yep. like mm. out, 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 out. Mm. And the third reason is just a historical record at Suncorp. Mm. Um, statistics man, you will be able to probably tell me when the last time Sydney won at Suncorp was, oh, like 20, I, I 2007, re- I think. Yeah, um, uh, I wish I'd actually done the proper research. I still remember that uh, 3-1 defeat where Terry McFlynn did that beautiful chip over Tom Willis. But um, no, generally Sydney seemed to come to Brisbane and Brisbane tend to lift, but that's not too dissimilar to when um, we travelled down to Allianz Stadium. Um, it's obviously this is set to be a massive game. I suppose it's important for the squad. For the squad, you can really compare it to last year. You know, yeah. last year we travelled away to Perth. wasn't that wasn't quite that that large way to start the season. Mm-hmm. Then the following following week after, we get Melbourne victory at Suncorp mm-hmm. Stadium. So for us, it sort of follows that same rhythm. Um, based on what I saw of Sydney from the Newcastle Jets game on Friday night, I wasn't really impressed with how Sydney played. I was surprised as hell that Nicky Carl isn't being played in a more attacking role. They seem to be holding him a lot deeper, which I think is to their detriment. Yeah, but he's playing more of a defensive midfielder role. Yeah, which, which for mine puts way too much pressure on, on Alessandro, and it doesn't really feel like, apart from Chinesey, um, that they've got that many options going forward that, that, that they can use to get goals. Um, you know, they could benefit from, you know, a Brosk or a Griffiths or a Fit Emerton, and they're missing all those guys for, you know, for various reasons, including not being in the squad at all. I should also point out that Adam's pronunciation of what most people would say, Kianese, isn't necessarily (laughs) his fault. I apologise to anybody who took offence to the word (laughs) Chinesey. That's a joke. You can use that one. Um, Adam, uh, That's the second time today. Dave. We'll put name tags Dave. Dave. Yeah, how do you see this one going? I mean, give us a, a quick minute preview of what's going to happen in this match. Yeah, well, uh, well as you said beforehand, Brisbane's got a, a far superior record. And, I mean, if you take in recent, uh, recent form using the pre-season, we absolutely hammered Sydney up in Cairns. Um, now, I understand Del Piero didn't play too much of a role in that particular match, so how much of that you can take out of it's hard to say, but I saw bits and pieces of the Sydney game on Friday night. It wasn't a fantastic contest. Um, it's pretty dire. It from was both pretty sides. ordinary. I think Sydney got through on the fact that Newcastle are very ordinary. Um, they're very young and they're very, very experienced, so I think Sydney 
happen to get through on that basis. Mm. But um, and, and don't forget, Alessandro is the kind of player who isn't afraid to make his own runs, make his own plays. Well, look at their first goal. Mm. I mean, he he only he won the ball. He, he made the run in. He lost the ball and won it back off the back of some poor defending and, and slotted home from an angle. Yeah, yeah, it took a good so, tough shot. I mean, to be honest, he's the one player we have to be wary of because if you look at last three years' games with us versus Sydney, he scored in every single one of them. Yeah, he scored four goals in three games against us, so he is still a threat to us. Um, I think the rest of the team will be so so and. As long as we play our game, as long as we play another level up from Wellington um, and the wind's not so high, then we should be fine. Yeah, and I think the fact that we won't have most likely Matty Mackay in midfield mm. to counter, I think if we had Mackay and Broish, we could counter ADP easily. If we're yeah. just relying perhaps on Broish, um, I mean, this could be a chance for Miller to step up, you know, or maybe step up in our eyes. Mm. I, I thought he did quite okay versus Phoenix, but a little bit quiet. But you know, we have the ch- if we can nullify ADP and and that little sort of core around him, then we'll certainly um, stop them from scoring, mm. and then it's up to us to counter and get the goals. Right. Yep. There you go. Uh, is there anything really left to be said about the Sydney preview? I, mean, I don't really. Yeah. Well, Tifo. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, of course. Is, uh, we there is a a display being made by the Den um, yep. this particular game. And I think it is somewhat dependent on Matt Mackay's availability. On the presumption that he's playing for Australia uh, in the morning, um, he probably won't be playing for Brisbane as a result. So there will be a display in the den. There will be instructions on the day. Uh, It's one that everyone in 332 uh, will need to be involved with. So... If you're there on the day, there should be some instruction. Follow the instruction from from the capo. He'll give you a hand in terms of how it will work, and uh, hopefully it'll look really good with everyone's involvement. But um, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, keep a, an ear out. Hopefully, about Thursday, once we know for sure what's happening with Maddie, um, we will send out information via whatever web, web pages we, we use can. The broadcast. Look at the den, the den's homepage as well. Look at the the raw forum, look at any particular yeah, we'll either, try and send it out to so many people. Yeah, so you, either way if you are in 332 this weekend prepare to be involved in what will be a very good display of colour. Yep, good and the other thing that I would also like to pick up a little bit of housekeeping, the new fellows could probably instruct me further because if you know anything more than, than I do. Um, of course as we mentioned before, the Hotel LA is the uh, den uh, the official pub of the den um, this Saturday um, again, we're all going to be there. Baron's Bar upstairs. Um, drink specials are on. Um, I'm not sure if legally we're allowed to say that or not. Show your membership card. Show your membership you card. Right? Trust me, come along. They are extremely generous and far better than last season's. Mm. Um, so come along and check that out. But there's a march. Is there a march? There's a march to I the think state. Going... So, yeah. Yeah, you could probably tell us more about it. Um, well, I'm not too sure about it, but I'm presuming about 6 o'clock, um, because the game is at 6.30 kickoff, we'll be making the official walk down from uh, Hotel LA. Um, I can't imagine it will be any time before or after that. Obviously, um, we want to make sure we get down early to make sure we get our space in 332, make a bit of noise for the people as they come in. Collect as many punters along the way as we go down the street. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it should be very good. And it should be interesting given the fact that the uh, Sydney fans will apparently be hanging in the old stadium bar and have a, and apparently will be doing their march down at 6pm. So I'm sure there'll be no problems whatsoever. 
No. Yeah, there no. you go. So apparently I was under the impression that Sydney didn't go to Caxton Street anymore. But yeah, no, I, I didn't think Yeah, I didn't think that, that Caxton Street was cool enough for them, so yeah. maybe we've been proven wrong. Maybe that might maybe be... Maybe we made it cooler for them. Like, oh, we want to be there now. Maybe we... Maybe we... <laughs> maybe it'll be rectified on the night. Who knows maybe with so. Sydney? Like, uh, that's going to be a hell of a game. It's a hell of a match. I mean, really, if you think about it, the Gold Coast was probably the, the, the derby that probably did excite most most people um, mm. while that was around but now we've kind of reverted back to our historical rival mm. in Sydney um, it's um it's lunacy it's lunacy I remember last uh, last season when we we last week of the the regular the season regular where we had to season. win to get in. Yeah, yeah. we we won, knocked them night. out, and put us in. That was that was mental. Yeah, that, was that mental. made for a very good Easter. And the uh, the Del Piero and the Lions Head. Yeah, and all of that. It was all just fantastic. The yeah. pub and, uh, and don't up, be surprised uh, if that elements of that TIFO pop up on Saturday. Just a little spoiler alert. Yeah, who knows? All right, moving on to news. Um, Indonesian players in the youth squad. Yeah, that was something that we heard about midweek. That the Bakery mm. Group is looking at bringing in some some Indonesian players into the national youth league squad, at mm. least to train or maybe play a few games, or who knows. Still pretty tentative at this stage. Yeah. That's what an Indonesian article came out. Mm. Well, it probably. Well, just to clarify that, it probably they probably mm. wouldn't be able to play. That's that's the simplest thing. Um, obviously, if they're a part of the match squad, then they fall under the import rules. But there's nothing to say that uh, certain groups of players can't come out for for blocks at a time, train with the youth squad, maybe get a couple of sessions with the senior squad. This is this will be very good. Obviously, the backeries want to push. Um, Indonesian football connections throughout their various football clubs. Um, they've got a few players on the books at Vise. I think they've, I think they're scaling back their operations with um, Deportivo mm. Indonesia and Uruguay. It's been it's, shut down, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. they're calling it scaling it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> scaling it, scaling it back. Scaling to we're moving it down. sideways. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're moving it to to a Chile or something. I don't know. Um, but either way, so it's creating a vacuum for these young players to have these international mm. opportunities. So if they can bring select groups out, you know, give them a bit of a run with the youth squad. And also, it gives Mike and the coaching staff a look over a few of these players and they might find a bit of a diamond in the rough, especially, if an, especially mm. if an import spot uh, comes available. There's absolutely season. nothing wrong with bringing players over to, have, to just train the squad. And at the end of the day, they're not going to sign anyone they don't want to have in the squad anyway. So, and like you said, if there happens to be one outstanding candidate that happens to develop to the point where... You know, they say, look, stay on for a little bit longer and we'll see what we can do. And he happens to be a fantastic player. That benefits us. But um, well, well, I don't see Mulvey signing players just for the sake, because they're Indonesian, because the backers told him to. They'll do it properly. Well, even if he can't stay on, um, Indonesia's only, what, five or six hours away on a plane. So thankfully it's close enough where, you know, if the players are going home and we do need to call them back, it's, it's a much shorter sort of turnaround. Exactly. There you go. Uh, moving on from that, last week we mentioned the National Premier League semi-final uh, where South Hobart defeated Campbelltown City 3-1. Well, actually, we didn't mention that last well, week. Yeah, we did mention the score. We mentioned that. We mentioned that it was... Yeah. Yes, and, and sure. thank you for whoever put up that score. I've totally forgotten their name. Yeah. Uh, and I feel bad. Damn, I'm sorry. And uh, the MPL final took place with Sydney United squaring off against South Hobart in... But anyway, Sydney United won two zips, so congratulations, Sydney Croatia. You're <laughs> slowly clawing your way back 
Mark Rudin, uh, the, the, the manager of that side too. Mark yep, Rudin, yep. the uh, Fox Sports presenter, former Sydney FC man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, good on them. Brother of Maria Rudan yep. from mm-hmm. the World Game. That's it. Oh, yeah, no, so hopefully game. it's been a good season for the NPL. We can now prepare for next year and maybe now, Victoria might get their stuff together. Yeah, and now we can look at uh, the FFA Cup as well, which is, yes, is coming exactly, up. Yes. So who knows what's going to happen there. Moving on from that, uh, we oh, that's all right, Franich. Now, this was a quick Fire 5 question that we saw we should debo- devote a long answer quick fire five two yeah um so i guess the the way that it, it's brought in nick webb has introduced this question to us if he keeps his form up will he be like will this be likely to be his last season in orange will a move overseas eventuate this is for ivan franich mm. um, my own personal thoughts on this it's hard to say I want to see a few more games because we all saw how Mitch Nichols' stocks rose yep. and dramatically fell within probably even about half a season mm-hmm. from, say, the end of one season through to halfway through the season. I mean, there was rumoured interest from Urawa and... Yeah, and, 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 like and the Randers trial and Randers and things like that, and it went in around about 12 games flat. Mm. Let's see what happens to Franich. I hope for him that it does eventually. Well, I hope for us that it keeps up his form and it doesn't but I hope for him that it it, it, yeah. it does yeah yeah. yeah. And, and I mean I mean even if he uh, he plays out this whole season I'm fingers crossed he's going to play the whole season because I think I think he will I, I should say yeah. that I think he will I don't think mm. he'll be a summer yeah. transfer and off, off the back of last season of course he had a, a really good end to last season playing in that attacking role which is why he's playing that attacking role for us now if he does end up getting a move somewhere else um, I think he has two more years left in his contract after this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's contracted until the end of the fifteen sixteen season. So, so. if we are going to get a buyer for him, we're going to get a significant price because it's not like he's got one year and they're saying, "Well, let's sell him now to to make some money off of him," um, or you know, last minute six months of his contract he's being sold to to get something back. Yeah. It'll be a decent fee for him. So, look, I hope he has an absolutely outstanding season. I tipped him last week to score seven or eight goals, I think it was. Mm. And, um, and you're on your way there. So. And I'm on my way there, which is good. Um, but, yeah, if, if he has an outstanding a breakout season in this attacking role, we know he's good in defence. People that are scouting him will know that already. If he has this breakout season, that could increase his value high and be good for Franich, good for the club. And you know maybe allow us to develop more players or invest in more more talent from overseas. There you go. What do you think, Adam? Yeah. Well, I was the one who actually sort of raised sort of privately in the in the broadcast chatting this afternoon that I wanted to sort of expand on this because I thought it was a really fascinating question when you start to sort of look at the stats. I mean, he's just turned twenty six years old. Now, unlike Mitch Nichols, Franich, I think being a few years older and a few seasons. As yeah, well, season under his belt too. Yeah, um, I, I think Franich will undoubtedly have a different mindset to Mitch. I mean, you're talking about a 26 year old compared to a 22 year old. Franich will get a lot more opportunities this year to put goals on the board, with there being no Nichols and no Halloran. Um, so, so there is an opportunity for him to step up, score those goals, and get that statistical edge. In the same way, I think Mitch benefited that year that he got almost 10 goals himself, because that was, mm. I think, the year after uh, Costa. And Sol- uh, Solazano had left, so he mm. got the chance yeah, to step that's in. Right, because he uh, supported Bess in that first season. That was exactly. our second Premiership season. That's it. Correct, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I was trying to think, okay, well, 
Well, would Franjic go overseas? Now, obviously, you've got the World Cup coming up. It could be a bit of a smoky for that. And then the same with the 2015 Asian Cup. So there will be opportunities for him, I think, to chase soccer selection. I think it can benefit him staying in Australia. I was even sort of thinking far ahead that, okay, if I were Ivan, what league would perhaps benefit him? Now, it would be easy for him to maybe, you know, go, um, go back to the country of his ancestry. Um, and I can't remember if he's Croatian or Serbian. I do apologise. But if you don't mix those two up, I know, I know. Don't mix those two up. <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer to live. But, but, but if you look at where those two leagues are situated at the moment, it's really a case. It's not too dissimilar to Scotland, where unless you're with one of the top sides, um, you know, you could easily find yourself with you know a, a small side that might even be smaller than Brisbane Raw, and that might not benefit your development as a player. Yeah, Matty so, Ryan's going great. Guns mm. Vista. So I was going to say Belgium. <laughs> well, maybe not Vista, maybe like Anderlecht or <laughs> someone. Right, right, right. well, well, I had a very left of centre idea where I think he would come in very handy, and that would be either in the K League or the Chinese Super League. Um, I disagree with that. I mean, I mean, the money would certainly be there, and there's a great interest at the moment in Eastern European players. Um, you're seeing a lot of players from, you know, your Bosnias, Montenegro, Croatia, Serbia, filling up the import spots in China and South Korea. My fear for that one, though, is that he would get lost in the whole... Yeah, yeah the if, if, which, tends to, which seems to happen with all... I would hope if he was to go to an Asian league, he'd head to a J league. Well, I think he could be very handy in Japan as yeah. well, yeah. I would like to see him also, like, if we just kind of spitball unorthodox leagues, that wouldn't be too bad. Belgium, France, Portugal. Not a whole yeah. lot of people head off to Portugal. It's a weird kind of thing. Saying mm. that, Portugal is very, like any most European leagues, very top-heavy. There's, there's yeah, three por- big clubs. Yeah. Porto, Sporting. Porto, Sporto, Sporting and Braga. Yeah. Um, Which is where something like France, like you suggested, that's a lot more France, even. yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, that would yeah. be a fantastic league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. France is not a bad league. Yeah. It's a quality league. My word. You, there's a number of teams that could pick him up that where he could play mm. regular football. Ligue 1 is very defensive-minded, however. But it'd be interesting to see if someone like, like Franish gets in and can crack it. That would raise his profile even more. Ooh. Anyway, that's Franish. Move on to the quick fire five, Dave. All right, guys. So, obviously, we've just addressed one question, mm. but that's not part of our quick fire five to, for today. So The quick firing. Franich five, the five, mm. as was uh, voted by our listeners by, by one person. By one person. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, all right, so we'll start off with uh, we've got a couple of questions from Andrew Hardman. So thanks, Andrew, for sending these in. First one is: Will this be Stefanita's last season? Keeping in mind, this is a quick fire five. Yes, yes, yeah, I think so too. Uh, second one from Andrew: uh, Were we average uh, this week, or were the next good? So were we poor or were the Knicks good this week? Um, Adam? I think we're just above average, but the Knicks were also as well. Tricky. (laughs) Both with an added element of difficult weather conditions led to what happened. And refereeing inconsistency. I I think the... Yeah, I think we're both of them, to be honest. uh, Knicks really stepped up for their first game of the season. A lot of them had something to prove. Uh, third question, Jim Maloney. Thanks very much, Jim, for sending this one in too. Uh, what changes would you make for next week? Jack? Yeah, with the with the exception of Matt Mackay coming back, if that does or doesn't happen, none. Adam? No, I feel pretty good with the squad the way it is. Enrique off the bench, if I were to start, I like it. Cool. My change would be... That would be the only one, maybe. ...to use all of our subs. We only mm. used one sub against Wellington, which is really unusual. 
Um, a bit more fresh legs. But other than that, assuming Mackay's out, same starting lineup, more fresh legs during mm. the game. Uh, Jason Moses uh, sends us in the fourth question. Thanks, Jason. Um, now, when Mackay returns, will we see a big difference in our midfield play, Adam? No question. Um, Mackay and Broish hooking up, Miller sitting off just behind them, and then having Bratton as their anchor, we'll have a very good uh, four man in the middle. Yes, we will, because of the exact reasons that Adam has said. Uh, Mackay is uh, integral in not only our transition from uh, defence to attack, from attack into defence, he's also very responsible for cap bossing the midfield, basically, and leading the distribution. I'll just keep it simple and say yes. He's, yeah. he's <laughs> everything you guys just said. Um, Fifth and final question. What do you guys expect our crowd numbers to be on Saturday, given our winning start? Thank you, Warwick. Now, I'm very glad to ask this, because this is a fantastic way to end off the Raw cast, because I was about to ask the exact same thing about what your crowd predictions are, and I want to hear you say yours first. There's been good advertising, 25,000 minimum. It's going to be good. Yeah. What do you think? I'll put up something on the on the Raw forum. I think it was about 25,000 as well. Yeah, see, I thought you guys were going to go as conservatives, 16, 17, 18, 23, and I was going to say something crazy like <laughs> over 25,000, but it turns out it's not that crazy. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm so funny about this. I would love to see over 25,000, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it just reels back in from that. But I would like to, and I'm thinking positive, and I'm thinking good, over 25,000, somewhere between 25, 27. I mean, certainly the weather's looking good. We've won. Sydney's won. It's the only Sydney game of the year. Really, everything's sitting perfectly aligned. Italian community will come out for Del Piero, yeah. no doubt. Yep. Depends how many rules. Traditional, traditionally, our rivals as well. Yeah. That sort of stuff. There you go. And, ladies and gentlemen, that... Oh, and, and the uh, picture of the last score. Last but not least. The score yes. prediction. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, as from last week, I should point out from last week when we had a few uh, a few tips um, mm. in terms of what we thought the first goal scores would be. This came off a question from the Quick Fire Fire from yeah. Christopher Pogowski, I think. So, yeah. thank you, Chris, for spawning this part of the show. Yeah, um, this is a new section. New section for you all. Um, Chad was actually really good at picking the first goal scorer for the Sydney game and also for the Raw. He actually picked Del Piero and he picked Bessar Parisha mm. to uh, to score those. Uh, I happened to pick the the score in the Brisbane Wellington game, and well, also well, the second goal scorer. Mm. Although I said it was going to be the first, I picked the second goal scorer in that for Brisbane in that game. Mm. And Adam happened to pick the second goal scorer, uh, although he's trying to get the first in the Sydney game with the name that I can't pronounce correctly. Exactly. Uh, well, I wasn't too far off with Birigetti almost getting an own goal. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we thought, you know what, let's just go with this and do a bit of a predictions thing at the end of each week. Um, so on that basis, Chad's on two points, I'm on one, and Adam's on nothing. So Adam, lift your game, mate. You've got something to prove. Um, I'll have to get like a sort of a genie hat and put it on for each episode. Yeah, here's, <laughs> maybe not. Um, we're going to start off with the, first, uh, the Friday night game of each week. We'll just start off with that. Are we? Who's, who's playing? It's, I think it's Adelaide-Sydney, is that right? No, Adelaide versus Melbourne Victory. Who even that knows who's playing? I'm going to make it up to go along right, yeah. in Adelaide. Hey, hey, I predicted it correctly. Do I get a point? <laughs> no. No? Uh, <laughs> so, given it's Adelaide versus Victory, first goal scorer, it doesn't matter who it's from, Adam. Um, I'm going to go Archie Thompson. Okay, I think is Archie Thompson even going to play? Is he going to be in Canada? I was going to say Dario Vittison. He doesn't I, I even play for I, Bloody Adelaide I, I, anymore. No, no, no. Thompson, Thompson was in the Melbourne Derby on the weekend. He was quiet, but okay. he did play. So he wasn't in the Socceroos yeah. team. 
Yeah, Archie Thompson. And uh, I'm just going to knock all my predictions off. Archie Thompson, Bessar Barisha, uh, 3-1 to Brisbane. All right, well, I'll say Naboo just because he can um, for that first game. The second part, which you've just already alluded to, which is awesome, um, first goal scorer for Brisbane and the score for the Brisbane-Sydney game. So... Sorry, sorry, sorry. First goal scorer for Brisbane or the first goal first scorer, scorer at all? Oh. First goal scorer for Brisbane. Okay. Oh, for Brisbane. Oh, yeah, whatever, for Brisbane, yeah. We'll say for Brisbane because that's what happened to the thing. Okay. Um, so you've said best and you said what was the score? 3-1. Uh, oh, I can't even remember what I said. Call it now. <laughs> oh, we'll listen back. It doesn't matter. We'll listen back. 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. to Brisbane. All right, cool. Okay, um, Basapari should be first goal scorer, but I'm going to go controversial and say two-all draw. There you go. I'll, uh, I'll stick with Franich. Why not? He's a good roughie. He's a good roughie. Uh, so, Ivan Franich as the goal scorer and Brisbane to win 3-0. There you go. And ladies cool. and gentlemen, that is the Royal Cast for this week. I'm Chad Friend, joined on my left by Adam Coleman and on my right by Dave Stewart. Alf, we deserve. Uh, we'll see you next week.